Meg's your guide on this exciting journey to mastering the art of eyebrows. Either you're a newbie or a seasoned pro, it doesn't matter. This podcast is your go-to resource for all things brows. I've gathered industry experts, insider tips, and inspiring success stories to help you enhance your skills, boost your confidence, and take your brow game to new heights. Welcome back to Brow Education. I am Megs, your host. Today we are going to be breaking down a hot topic that I got asked, requested, whatever you want to call it, on my Instagram broadcast channel, um, aptly named Brow Education as well. And we've been breaking down lamination, and this was something that I got asked, and here we are, even though I just said that twice. What are we talking about? We're talking about the chemicals that cause the change when we're doing lamination. So what's breaking down those disulfide bonds? I am going to be glancing at my computer because I have a full script um, because we're going to be talking about a lot of different chemical names and I don't want to get anything wrong and I want to make sure that the research that I did for this episode is accurately presented, I guess. (laughs) So watch me stumble over my words. Hopefully not. We'll see how it goes. I want to keep it short and sweet for you guys and just get to the point. I know a lot of the scientific stuff is a little bit boring. We're going to try and keep it fun and short and sweet and to the point. So let's get going. What are they? Cystamine hydrochloride is the alkaline solution we use to break down the disulfide bonds during step one. It has a lower pH level than TGA or ATG um, and is advertised as such. The second is ATG, ATG ammonium thioglycate. Ammonium thioglycolate. This is why we have a script. Is also an alkaline solution used to break down the disulfide bonds during step one. It has a slightly higher pH than cystiamine HCl. Um, and that is why it is able to penetrate a little bit um, quicker and more efficiently. They do use different active ingredients to soften and open the cuticle of the hair shaft that we're working with, the scales, if you will, or like the shingles on a house. And that is what allows these solutions to penetrate. So there's something that helps soften and open um, the hair to allow these products to do it. Cystiamine is a derivative of cysteine. And this is where we get all the advertising about supernatural, all natural products um, and ingredients. Cysteine is naturally occurring essential amino acid that we ha- that is created in our bodies. It's used for our moisturizing factor, so it helps to moisturize our skin. Um, uh, as I said, cysteine is a derivative of cysteine, but they are not the exact same thing. So don't get it twisted. That's what companies like to use as a marketing tactic. It is less likely to cause damage. Um, it can be used in higher concentrations to speed up or slow down the processing time. That's why cysteine, cysteine processing times are so variable. Um, it's always advertised as non-damaging because of that derivative of cysteine, which is something that um, can be found in our bodies naturally. Um, but it can still cause damage. Um, it just depends on the percentage that is concentrated in it and how long it's left on. So will it take longer to cause damage? Absolutely. But it still can. So don't let the damage free or anything like that 
catch you make you think that you can leave it on forever you can't we just still need to be cautious tga is something that we really really need to or atg whatever you want to call it um is something that you need to watch better so tga is shorthand for thioglycolic acid atg is shorthand for ammonium thioglycate like glycolate which is what's commonly used ammonium thioglycolate is which is what is most commonly used for laminations and lash lift solutions um, ammonium thioglycolate is the salt of thioglycolic acid. Um, it's a liquid that has um, an odor that we all know, <laughs> and it readily oxidizes with air. So that's when, with like Tuya, you can see it change to a pink tone while using it. So that's that oxidation that's happening. That's why a lot of the ammonium thioglycolate solutions recommend covering. Um, it is higher on the pH scale and can be you can be more drying to the skin. It's also known as a communicative irritant. So what does that mean? That's similar to like when somebody is able to get lash lash extensions for ever, and then all of a sudden an allergy pops up. Um, that is what a communicative allergy is, or irritant. Not necessarily an allergy, but something that can um, eventually, with the same repetitive contact, cause irritation or dermatitis, similar to contact dermatitis. Um, so since it is known as one, this is something we have to be a little bit more cautious of. Keep that open communication with your clients, making sure that if they are experiencing anything different, even if it's mild, you could maybe catch it before it becomes an actual issue. Even if they weren't originally allergic to it, this is something that can happen later and with repeated exposure. So that is something to be cautious of and aware of. Um, one other thing I want to touch on really quickly um, is delivery systems. So even though T uh, Ammonium thioglycolate is an aggressive one that can be an irritant. We also have new companies like Browdown Studios that's using um, new delivery systems such as aloe vera. So what is a delivery system? Think of it um, as a hydration ball wrapped around the aggressive change maker chemicals. Well, aloe vera wrapped around that ammonium thioglycolate and then penetrating into that hair shaft so you get a burst of hydration along with those chemicals and not just the drying chemicals. Uh, now, why would you necessarily choose one over the other? I think it would be really beneficial once you're established in the lamination world to have both options for your clientele. I think cystamine HCL would be great for thinner hair types and more compromised skin. Maybe somebody with drier skin that has a little bit more of an irritation to that ammonium thioglycolate. Nothing that would be a contraindication to lamination, of course. But if you are having that concern, or if they've come in and been like, it kind of irritated my skin, it was very dry, you can maybe just switch them to the cystiamine um, solutions just to kind of, you know, combat that. Um, the other thing that could be um, beneficial for using the cystiamine and having that longer time, the ones with the lower percentages, the longer processing time, would be if you are doing a combo service. If you're doing um, lash lift and brow lamination, you're concerned about timing. Um, obviously, ammonium thioglycolate is a quicker, rapid um, speed. I think that it should only be used for people that are truly comfortable with their um their skill level and their, you know, range of movement and being able to, you know, watch all those timings and um, remove the um, products appropriately. But um, with cystiamine, you can, you have a little bit longer with that lower percentage um, of concentration, giving you a little more wiggle room to bounce back and forth between the lashes and the lamination. So that's just a thought as far as real world application. 
Hey, it's Emily here from Brow Fox Beauty. I'm so proud to be sponsoring this episode of Brow Education. If you are new here, let me tell you a little bit about Brow Fox Beauty. We are a professional brow line for the esthetician. We specialize in easy retail for the busy esthetician. We also have a line of better back bar basics so you can be super confident putting pre and post wax solution and massage oil onto your client's skin, giving them the best glow and the best brows yet. You can find more information at browfoxbeauty.com or on social media at browfoxbeauty. Now, ammonium thioglycolate is great for coarse or thick hair types. Um, when we're dealing with cysteamine, obviously you can leave it on lo longer, so with um, it takes longer to process and penetrate the hair. Um, it's a little bit more hydrated. So when we're dealing with coarse, thick hair, um, ammonium thioglycolate can be ben very beneficial because it does penetrate more um, quickly and efficiently than the gentler lines. Now, there's a flip side to that. You know, if it does penetrate quicker and more efficiently, you really have to keep a watchful eye on it. You need to be make sure, making sure that you're watching your times and keeping on track and, you know, being very observant to the whole process <laughs> and minding your P's and Q's. But it's perfect. Um, to be used for those versus the thinner hair types, which it probably wouldn't be as beneficial for. Um, since they are both alkaline, that leads to step two being a solution that is going to bring our pH level down. <laughs> I always forget that it's backwards. You're going to bring that pH level down from 9, 9.5, somewhere around there. And we're going to bring it back to the acidic side where our skin and hair like to live. So that step two solution is going to be heavily acidic. So we have a very alkaline solution in step one, acidic solution in step two, bringing on that, essentially neutralizing that alkalinity and bringing it back down to that um, acidic side, which our healthy skin likes to live at, skin and hair. Vitamin nourishing keratin treatments are done after step two. We want to essentially fill in the gaps, whatever was left over um, and available and these new now porous hair types after removing that disulfide bond um we're gonna refill it reinstate those bonds with step two and then fill even further with a um, keratin treatment or a mask or something like that so essentially just helping with that nourishment and filling that hair up with all the good goody good good some will fill a little some will fill a lot for example keratin is a protein and it helps strengthen the hair that means it fills a lot making the hair harder you can also overfill the hair which is like a stick and it'll just snap so we want to make sure that we're not over treating but keratin is perfect after a chemical treatment because we know that we have caused essentially some damage so keratin pairs most well with chemical treatments a vitamin treatment is going to be something that's going to fill the hair with nourishment and moisture ingredients so the hair will still be allowed to have more flexibility than it would after a keratin treatment because it's only filling a little bit versus the keratin filling that hair up so it's aiding in hydration. They're both beneficial for different reasons and different purposes. I think that you could use them together, but I could see them kind of combating themselves. Um, and the vitamins are very beneficial for somebody that maybe you don't think is going to follow their aftercare as well. I now add them to all of my treatments and all of my services just in case because I just feel like it's worth it. Lastly, we have step three that is going to seal the hair with a coat of occlusive oil balm or cream. This is going to essentially lock everything that we've done in, lock in some hydration and nourishment, 
since it's occlusive and only mildly penetrates this the hair shaft um since we've kind of like closed everything down essentially um that's why we recommend that 12 to 24 hour wait and not getting them wet moisture is not the enemy um lack of it is so keep that in mind now another collamination related question i have gotten recently was about the hair lightening during step one and sometimes through step two so i wanted to go over that really quickly this is happening because ding 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 hair lighteners <laughs> they work at the exact same ph ph level or around the same ph level as um our alkaline delivery system or not delivery system sorry well, that's around the nine to five like 9.5 uh, high ish on the alkalinity scale high on the ph scale um which is going to soften open the cuticle and allows for better penetration but this is also where we're going to be breaking down those disulfide bonds and when we're breaking down those disulfide bonds they're also in the same location as where our pigment is so pigment can also get broken down a little bit during step one and um second the second thing which is step two <laughs> is another pigment that causes um change and is used as a lightener and that is hydrogen peroxide so if you are a brow artist that tints or offers any tint services you know that hydrogen peroxide is what we use as our developer to develop our tints and create those colors well hydrogen peroxide is also used as a lightener so the fact that we're using it in the way that we are and affecting the hair at a deep level it means that we can affect those pigment particles um i don't know if i skipped over that but what hydrogen peroxide is one of the most commonly used um neutralizer for um lamination systems so that's when that's coming into play it's also responsible for decolorizing melanin within the hair um this all depends on the percentage that's being used but it's something to think about as we are talking about um lightening of the hair it makes a lot of sense that all of these different chemicals that do similar things but we're doing a different our focus might be different but the chemicals are doing the same thing so lightening is common of course any lightening that happens during step one and two can easily be fixed by applying tint um but using caution because we know that the hair is very porous after lamination even after um vitamin treatments and things like that however i would do the vitamin treatment after your tint if you're tinting um use caution because the hair is so porous it's going to soak up that color and darken very quickly process very quickly so that is that a little deep dive on brow lamination i am obsessed i could talk about it forever obviously as we had an entire week talking about brow lamination and even a bonus episode <laughs> for the week that the lamination episode came out come came out and i am so thankful that you are here listening to brow education and even came back for a bonus episode this one was thick and juicy with a lot of education so if you have any questions please reach out i will leave a little box on spotify that allows you to um ask questions and things like that um i don't think apple does it youtube you can leave a comment if you are watching this i am still doing that training and slow if you want more details go to the last episode that i will have everything linked in the show notes um we touched on a lot of different topics and we really got down to it so thanks for following along with my little sciencey nerdy ted talk 
<laughs> if you want to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast at Brow Education. You can find me, Megs, at the.eyebrow.goddess on Instagram and TikTok. You can find the podcast on YouTube at Brow Education. And you can stream this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, we are on just about everything now, which is super duper exciting. So thank you for joining. I will see you next week on Tuesday for the next episode. And I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for being here. Thank you.